Hi, I'm Alicia Michalisic Kurtz, and welcome to Real Talk, a place where doctors and other healthcare professionals share stories about their real human experiences working in medicine. On today's episode, we'll hear a story from Carla Fleming, a postpartum nurse who shared her story live at a hospital grand round session at St. Agnes Medical Center in Fresno, California. On the TV show Grey's Anatomy, the character Derek Shepard was known for always starting his surgery cases by saying, it's a beautiful day to save lives. This skill, saving lives, is often attributed to surgeons or cardiologists or docs like me in the ER. But real talk, it's not actually very often that I personally save someone's life. I mean, if I really think about it, there was Shelby, an eight-year-old girl I rescued from drowning in a pool back when I was a day camp director during college. And there was this sweet 80-year-old woman who once came into the ER actively getting CPR, but promptly came back to life and started talking after I pulled a huge piece of melted cheese out of her airway. In reality, other than maybe a handful of cases like these, the lives that are saved at my job are not saved by me. They're saved by a team, by a ton of people working together to ward off death for another day. Yes, it's true that doctors study and practice for years to recognize patterns and nuance and to know how to treat their patients. But it's everyone else on the team who actually gets that treatment to the patient. And mainly, it's the nurses. Nurses make stuff happen. They're imperative to any attempt to truly save someone's life. They keep the department moving, start IVs, push meds, monitor vitals, and have years of their own experience that makes them like having an extra section of brain, a person to help me as a doctor to make sure I've thought of everything or not missed important steps. They serve as the team's eyes and ears, spending more time physically at the patient's bedside than anyone else, monitoring changes and providing invaluable information to the rest of us who can't be at the bedside as much as we'd like to. While the success of a patient's care in the hospital does depend some on their doctors and nurses' individual knowledge and skill, far more impactful is the ability of everyone to work as a team. The best patient care happens in places where providers and nurses know and trust one another, when they can count on each other for backup and feel mutually supported and respected, when they communicate with kindness and consistency, sometimes without even needing words. It's in those places, by those teams, that lives really do get saved. This is Carla's story. So my story, um, you know, in nursing school, go through rotations and came to my maternity rotation. And of course, in lecture, the professor and our clinical instructor, they're fast paced, giving us as much of the information as possible, like stages of labor, this is what APGAR means, and mother-baby assessments go this way. Did you see that? Good, we're done. Um, but I also think that we all know uh, that great nursing, great caregiving is more than just what we find in our books. So 
the story I'm telling, um, I was lucky enough during in that rotation to have a shift with an L&D nurse who was super enthusiastic about teaching students as she was also passionate about being an L&D nurse. Not just a nurse, but specifically L&D. She wanted to work with mothers and babies. She wanted me to know all about it and to love it too. By the time I walked into the room that day, uh, the patient, first time mom, uh, had been in active labor for hours. And my nurse had already told me actually that her membranes had ruptured over 24 hours before. So it's already kind of a tense situation. Um, a labor eventually progressed while I was still there, which selfishly I was like, sweet, I get to see a live birth. Thankfully, and to everyone's surprise, the baby crowned pretty quickly, but then stayed there. Mama pushed, baby seemed stuck. Um, stayed that way for what to me and to the nurse and to the doctor probably felt like hours and especially to the mom. But in reality, I think it was only a few minutes. And we all knew that poor mama, um, her plan was to go as natural as possible. Uh, this was her first baby, but not her last, at least as they planned in that moment. And she knew that a C-section now meant possible uh, risk of uh, complications in later pregnancies. And also, you know, it's a C-section. It's going to hurt more, um, longer healing time, and all the risks that come with surgeries in general. So she pushed and she pushed, but she'd been there for hours, and she really had almost nothing left to give. Everyone in the room could feel um, her anxiety, her helplessness, and we all knew that the stakes were very high. And I was helping to reposition her legs, try and kind of maybe give the baby a little bit more room, and I happened to look up right as the OB gave my nurse that look. You all know what look I'm talking about. You all know I have shared that look with someone, possibly in this room before. When I turned to my nurse, she very clearly understood uh, the look and gave her own look in return. Uh, nothing was said, barely any time had passed, but paragraphs of information, concern, and stress were shared between these two professionals. Uh, an understanding developed, they created a plan, and it happened in literally the blink of an eye. Somehow, they both agreed that they were close to the nuclear option, but not yet. Mom and Dad totally missed it. If I hadn't looked up right at that moment, I would have missed it. I was kind of proud of myself for not only seeing the look, but understanding it, not going to lie. Um, so things were continuing to be stressful. But then with a final burst of effort, the baby's head popped out, and the body came sliding out shortly. Then the resource nurse came in with the NICU team. Time out. When the heck did my nurse call the NICU team? <laughs> when did she open the door to let the NICU team in? Were they here the whole time? And I just didn't notice, so I noticed the look. And you know, I'm sitting here all proud of myself, but I didn't notice her make a phone call. So yeah, clearly my observational skills and my um, protocol knowledge, baby steps. Anyway. Um, they took the baby, took her to the warmer. Uh, her initial APGAR was low for breathing and color, 
but with some really vigorous massage, she pinked up and gave a really loud cry, and you could just tell everybody in the room gave a mental, yay, woohoo. Um, afterwards, uh, it was a lot of emotion, you know, student, I'm just like, what did I see? Uh, my nurse and the OB separately debriefed with me, and the OB asked, uh, did you catch that it was kind of getting hairy in there? And I'm like, yeah, I saw you. I saw that look that you guys shared. Um, she explained that she was probably seconds away from calling the emergency C-section. And then later on, my nurse found me and uh, asked me the same thing, and I told her the same thing. It's like, I saw, you guys were like talking with your eyes. That was amazing. Uh, she explained that she really wanted to honor the mom's birth plan, of course, but she knew that a stalled labor was just bad news bears. And at the time, you know, she wanted to let the doctor know baby's status was okay, but declining. Um, so when she made eye contact with the OB, she understood that they were on the same page um, and that the doctor was gonna give the mom that one last chance, and it worked. So one thing I came away with was, we don't always tell our patients everything about everything. Is that good or bad? I don't know, and I don't pretend to know or even believe that there's like an umbrella answer to that question. What I do know is that in that moment, in that labor room, it was a very good thing, because mom and dad were already tired and stressed, telling them, oh, by the way, you've got 30 seconds left before I wheel you to the OR, would have been bad form, um, but it would have made that miracle impossible. It would have gone from a great birth story to one of those tragic birth stories that everybody hates and tries to avoid. Mom would have tensed up or totally given up. And that's just crushing, especially for a first-time mom. So keeping silent about our plans and the countdown, like, help the mom, you know, give birth to her beautiful baby the way she wanted. And what I came away with was, like, as medical professionals, healthcare professionals, we have to know what our patients want and have to do what we can, when we can, to get them to their goals. And sometimes not telling them things is as important or even more important as telling them things. That's part of the art in medicine. Another thing, that look, that immeasurable blip in time had a gigantic impact on me. And you know, the previous question we talked about, dreams and goals, and such. Uh, nursing school included lessons about teamwork and different roles, obviously, but it's nearly impossible to describe, or let alone teach, that kind of interplay and wordless communication uh, between people. Ever since, it's been like hashtag nurse schools. To be like at that level of proficient and cultivate that kind of trust and communication and bond and shared instinct with whatever teammates, team uh, I became part of, which, yay, here I am at St. Agnes. <laughs> so today, um, every day, getting to work in postpartum, the dream, I remember this moment. Uh, and I remind myself, it's not just about knowing the facts and you know, being like the best at my skills, but also developing that relationship with my fellow healthcare team members, nurses, CNAs, doctors, everybody, and understanding the art and teamwork that comes in providing great patient care. Like Carla, we all have those hashtag goals in our lives. 
the things we aspire to in our career or our life to help us take that leap from being okay at what we do to being great. And certainly, it's strength in our team. Being able to rely on and trust those around us and knowing they trust in us that allows any team, healthcare or otherwise, to be successful. But it's not something that happens overnight. And it's not something that happens on its own. How intentionally do you develop group instinct with your team as opposed to just your individual skills? How could you do this better? When was a time that you and somebody else exchanged the look? Another interesting point Carla's story brings up is this idea that telling our patients everything may not always lead to the best outcome. When was a time that you did not tell a patient the whole truth about their care? Or that you intentionally held some of the truth back from a family member or a friend? How would it have gone differently if you had been fully transparent earlier on? Big thanks to Carla Fleming for sharing her story with us, to the team at Vituity for their support of this podcast, to Marco Gonzalez, our sound engineer, and to all of you for listening. I'm Alicia, and this is Real Talk. Want to connect with the Real Talk podcast or record your story with us? Head to www.vituity.com forward slash Real Talk for more information. Or email us at realtalk at vituity.com.